Welcome to episode 39 That's of right. Banter with Mr. Peanut. And the polar bear, of course. And the polar bear, back at it. With his hydration station in the corner. Hydration station, bottle service, the right way. The That's water right. way. The water way. But we're going to dive right into the NFL brigade, if you will. And let's talk, but before we get into that, let's talk Thanksgiving setup. When you got three games going, I w- oh whoa, <laughs> that's what the Get games excited, were like. Yeah, that's what the games were like. <laughs> I want to hear your setup though on Thanksgiving Day when you have the games like that. Well, I mean, already three games. Right, I mean, that, it's phenomenal. Uh, it's Didn't exceptional. Always to be that way. No, no. Um, now, I will preface this. Just you know, more sports banter. You know, Brian's. You know, Mr. Polar Bear oh, is going, going all. Here? It's all sports. <laughs> well, when you have a mom that wants Christmas lights up on Thanksgiving, <laughs> that's what I was doing. So what I was, I actually had a TV in the garage while I was putting lights up. So. Well, how does that work when you're putting lights up on the, the sound? I have ah, the sound okay. going. So I didn't. I, I, <laughs> no I, visuals. No, I didn't watch. I actually didn't watch. I didn't sit down and actually watch football until the last game. Okay. So, but you heard you were listening to the other team. Yeah, I was listening to it. I was trying to be as you know actively listening as possible. But that was my setup. I mean that. I know sports banter. It's not a very good setup for <laughs> a guy that absolutely. Well, you gotta loves. appreciate the self awareness, though. You know, I'm trying mean, to push it as the greatest setup ever. Absolutely not. Now. When we go to the Mr. Peanut right. side, well, I well, you mean, can only expect the absolute. I'm expecting about 80 TVs on a wall. Top tier performance <laughs> on such a holiday. I, I. But before we get into that, do you get a little turkey bowl in you? No, no turkey bowl. I don't have no turkey bowl. You know what? Here, let me let me explain. That's this a, to that's you. insane. That's your one opportunity to play receiver. I know, but I I I've never never done it. I've, I mean, Thanksgiving that's and, and my family was always just. The fucking the turkey. Brook. The turkey's fucking <laughs> ready. Let's go. Um, but no, no, no turkey bowl. Uh, you know, I, uh, I, funny enough, I actually was, because, um, you know, I'm starting to get back into my golf game. I uh, I was I was thinking about, like, what if we, I do, like, a golf tournament yeah. on Thanksgiving? So get a, I know some guys that have done it um, just do, like, a shotgun start, just fucking... Go and do so it, you're closer so. to a golf tournament than you are to the turkey bowl. I know. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. It's I think that's backwards. Well, I can't play really football. I can't be a wide Why receiver because of my neck. So uh, I, you want me okay. to ref it? Uh, fucking throw <laughs> turkey I don't at think, you? I don't think refs are. Oh, well, did you have? I mean, let me. Right. Why right. am I even asking this question? The, it's probably, obviously if I asked you. Yeah. Then yeah. I of course. It's the did. Downing Turkey Bowl. <laughs> I'll tell you this. You got TV contracts we have and shit. The tur- so I live right next. Or my backyard is basically a middle school, uh-huh. Degania. So there's that giant field back there. And we had this little community in Encinitas that plays pickup football out there as like a legitimate organized event. Nice, nice. So that's how I start out my deal. You know, about 8 a.m. start. Like I wake up, I mean. I start myself. And you get a little cup of gel, get my cleats, you know, figure out where my cleats are, because that's the one time of year I'll wear them. Damn it, I know where there's another one in here. I always want to wear gloves, but I'm like, I ah, can't be the glove guy no, out there. No, But I'm like, I do like my gloves, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, ah, I don't need them. So I go out there, the turkey bowl's set up, they got t-shirts for each team, and wow. been drafted and everything. So then I get out there, and I, you know, I gotta put out the 
most, like... You know, you're going to play your heart out yeah, without hurting like, yourself. I go, all right, <laughs> let's... Honestly, it's more like, can I still do this? Like, do I still have it? Yeah. And the answer is yes. <laughs> I still fucking have it. <laughs> so, Turkey Bowl goes on while I'm recording, and Doc, credit to Doc, recording the first game, which this time was Bears-Lions. Woof. And then we have the Raiders Cowboy game recorded. So it's a very highly, you know, organized clicker game. Clicker setup. Oh yeah. Um so we finished Turkey Bowl, talked to everybody, get back home, and then we turn on the Bears Lions game. Let's jump into that, shall we? What a disgusting ugh, I it's just so annoying that every time I talk about the Bears, it's just like this gloomy dark cloud thing and like people just probably think it's a bit i do it's not a bit no it's not a they bit. are such an awful team they, they're i mean and, and no 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 i got a lot here because I, what i immediately thought was uh when Lord. when the bears signed any Dalton and i posted on sports banter the video just kind of my reaction to it i said this year is a wash now and i go i mean this year is a complete it's actually worse than a wash because we can't score, you know. I don't want to get into It's kind of like you guys lie. are just kind of like, eh, fuck it, boys. But the Bears, so you're playing the Lions, who are defeated. They have one tie to their name, and that is the highlight of the year. They're an awful team. The Bears have, they're driving the ball the entire game. They get yeah. into the red zone. They're throwing picks. They just, they can't score the touchdown that you no. are assuming, you know, okay, this is going to make it 21-7. This should make it 28-7. That game should have been like 35-7 Bears. But I what, agree with you. But what actually happened? You know, we're missing field goals. We're throwing picks in the end zone. The Lions were up 13-7, and the Bears are like punting the ball back to the Lions in the fourth quarter. I'm going, God damn, like this is going to be the Lions win. I go, I mean, we're playing so bad. Yeah. We don't deserve to win this game. And... I mean, credit to the Lions for being worse, but the Bears for being the worse. Bears had to put together that drive into the game and then kick the field goal at the end. I mean, they win the game, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. That's disgusting. Yeah. I mean... Just, it's such a horrible I don't even, game. Look, I'm not even a I'm Bears a fan. I'm a fan of the team, and it was a horrible game. I know. I'm, I'm not even a Bears fan, and I'm like, yeah, Mr. Peanut pretty much summed it up. Like, I mean, oh. what what killed me was, <laughs> I I I like what you said there. Is like, the Lions were were defeated. Like, hey, we, they're they have no fucking direction over there. No, I mean, they're 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 up shit's creek, man. They got nothing going on. And, and then and then to have the Bears come in and make it like. Whoa, where are the what are the Lions? Play down to the level and make every mistake in the book. And then in the third quarter, by the way, <laughs> the Bears have the lead. They're driving, like I said, and they run six running plays in a row that go nowhere. Yeah. And I go, oh, oh, are we going to try to run out the clock now? Is that the goal here? 13-7? Like, that's it. Third quarter, they don't have enough time left. Let's just end the game. <laughs> that is why I can't stand, cannot stand... Matt Nagy, dude, where is the competitive drive to want to score more points? Like, that's your M.O. right now in Chicago and the NFL. You can't score. Did you, and and just, I I know I'm kind of jumping to the 
final part of the game. Did you see oh God. him I know what you're gonna say. at the end of the game? <laughs> he threw his headset to the ground. He's pushing people off. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, we won. Oh, no. Okay, how about, I thought you were going to go elsewhere. Because the Lions were so backwards when it was like third and five, I think. The Lions had like 13 guys in oh, the Oh, they called the timeouts and, and the shit? And the Bears called the timeout. Yeah. With the, and I'm going, they called timeout. I go, oh, the Lions got the timeout before they could snap the ball. And he goes, timeout, Bears. And I, me and my dad just go, oh, my God. Like, how stupid are these two coaches? They're, <laughs> and I, I agree. The I next agree. play, they come from the timeout, and the Lions still have They're thir- fucked up. 13 people in the you know, they call timeout again, which you can't call two timeouts back-to-back. So the Bears get the first down. And I'm going, we're going to win this game. But this is so stupid. Oh, my God. This has nothing to do with a good, a well-coached game. And then, of course, in the press game or press conference in the post-game, yeah. Matt Nagy's like, oh, you know, it feels so good to get the losing streak off our chest. And, you know, we just found a way to win. It's like, are you watching the same game I'm watching? Found but a way to win. But that's what I'm saying. Is like found a way to win. When he came off the field, I, I don't know right. if you yeah. saw him. He was like pushing people right. off him. He's like, like yeah, boys. As, as if it was, you know, it was a last second win. But it wasn't like a great way to no, do it. No, no. It wasn't like, oh, we we played so hard and we made so many things happen. And we just executed at the end of the game. It's like, no, dude. The Lions are you didn't so bad. Dick, man, you didn't do anything. The Lions are just so bad that you were fortunate that you're playing the Lions. Any yeah. other team in that situation, it's a completely different ballgame. I mean, it was so, so bad. So to listen to the narrative of Matt Nagy, I was and to credit Doc and quote Doc, he goes, "Has a head coach ever been fired after a win?" I go, "No, but they absolutely should." I mean, it's the same bullshit every week. They're playing the Cardinals this week, so I'm expecting you know, forty-two to ten. Cardinals W, and it's just, it's a, it's gloom and doom in uh, Chi Town, dude. It, I mean, I goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but aside from the Bears, you know, I gotta give my Bears take. It's been a really tough year as a Bears fan. Man, if Chicago wasn't such an awesome city, like I would jump ship somewhere. But <laughs> it's just like the fan base is so awesome that that's why you do it. But the actual organization is. That's atrocious. an episode on its own. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I could go on That could forever. be a multi-part yeah. episode. It's a sad, sad topic. It is. But there are other teams in the NFL, and let's dive into, you know, just kind of the lay of the land in the NFL right now. What we watched yesterday oh my God. was uh, football team versus, <laughs> football team, versus Seattle, who has just completely lost it, I guess. I mean, if you watched last night's game, there was just... I don't know. In my mind, it looks like Seattle is just kind of like, meh. You know, we're we're here. We're 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 trying to we're trying to figure it out. Russell Wilson. I, I honestly, I think Very a lot bizarre. of it it it, it derives Fair. from Russell Wilson. And I, mean, I don't know if that's just time off or the Seahawks have lost their identity as a team. But they lost Chris Carson to his neck, so he's out for the year. You lost your key running back. Um, and then Wilson had his, you know, finger pointing the wrong way for a long time. And now he comes back and I swear to God, the Seahawks have been so good for so long. I just keep waiting for them to turn the corner and to, you know, yeah. like, make a playoff push, but like they are three and eight and they're just not a good football team. No, I mean, they're not. And, um, 
you know, they didn't even get DK Metcalf involved until the fourth quarter. I, I, what the fuck was going on? Yeah. Like, was he just not – or is that – here's the question. Is that their only offense? Right. You know, I, like – I think, but that's I think that's the identity crisis that they're going through offensively, and then their defense is so backwards and you know atrocious anyway. That I think what we and what this podcast was built off is they put so much emphasis on Russell Wilson, you know, lead the way, find the way, and find us a way to win by any means possible. I think it's caught up to them, and he's like, look, I can't, either I can't do anymore, or the emphasis that teams are coming in with is whatever their game plan is. I can't just, you know, finesse my way to a win. Like, no, I need no guys plan. around me to get a win, yeah. as every team has done. I mean, look at the Rams. I mean, the Rams have invested X amount. I mean, what, they don't have any picks for, like, first-round yeah. picks for the next, like, four seasons? Something like that. They're investing, and we've talked about this at length, they're investing in now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even for the Rams, it's not really working. I mean... I don't know what's... I mean, I, think, I know we're kind of jumping around, but no, I know, mean, yeah. But that's the NFC West, too. Uh, I would say the Rams will be fine. I think the Rams will be fine. I think they're kind of in this weird stretch that you'll have during a football year where bringing in some new guys, going against some tough opponents, and things aren't clicking necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have the veteran leadership and the talent around. I love Matthew around. Stafford there. Yeah, he's I having mean, a hell of a year. You know what? It really shows how shitty Jared Goff was. And just Detroit in general. Yeah, I mean, well, but, that's right. Those that's are two different just things, like, but yeah, now they're intertwined. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> they were I, made for each other. Yeah, and I think I think what sh- I think what Matthew Stafford's showing the NFL fan base is the fact that hey, I was good. I was on right. a shitty team. I was on a team that had no direction, kind of like the Seahawks. Exactly, and like I've said, Detroit is where players go to die, and Jared Goff is dying. But I like. Cardinals, for sure, are you know one of the top team in the NFC. Then the Rams, and then the 49ers are extremely hot right now. Yeah. Um, I was a little damp on the uh, Cardinals. I didn't really like Kyler Murray, but you know what? I've, I've, I've yeah, I've, I'm in on Kyler Murray. I, I've definitely grown to like him in the fact of of like, hey, this guy's finding ways for his team to win, and his coach is putting him into positions of just. Go do your shit, and we'll win, you know? and they play the Bears this week in Chicago, so you can almost undoubtedly expect Kyler Murray to get back on track when his first game back from his ankle injury. No questions He has gotten hurt a lot, which is kind of shitty. You know, it kind of goes with the territory of running running the ball all the time. Well, he's also a midget in the NFL, so (laughs) just a little person. I expect him to, you know, get back on track versus Mm -hmm. the Bears, but... What just sparked in my head, and we are this is literally the NFL carousel right now. We're just gonna talk about Fuck as much yeah. shit as we can <laughs> in a short amount of time. But uh, running the football, Lamar Jackson. Oh, God. What's happened to Lamar Jackson? And and the Ravens are still winning games. Maybe that's just you know Baker sucks mentality. But um, he looked awful versus the Browns. He looked horrible. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I, it wasn't just the Browns game, by the way. He's no. been playing that way. I, I know, and it's I don't know I don't know what's going on with the Browns. I mean, excuse Browns, but there's a lot well, of things too. going on. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things going on over there. But with the Ravens, what my thing is is I don't it's almost like the offense isn't on the same page. And I don't know if Lamar Jackson I think I think Lamar Jackson is kind of 
I'm, I'm fixating a little bit on him here, is I think he is trying to find ways to elongate the play, and he's making his guys like, move around, move around, you know, keep going, keep going, yep. you know. And then if none of that shit pops up, I can run it. But now guys are – teams are, you know, yeah. in the NFL, they understand what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm getting that sense. Again, it's more my opinion on this matter. I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> But I, I don't know if you noticed that. It just seems like, I don't know, like the four picks, like that, yeah, that's that was pretty atrocious. Un- uncharacteristic of Lamar Jackson to this point. And, but if you're a Ravens fan, throwing those four picks and playing that poorly, like you should be worried about that going forward. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're playing the Browns on their side who have a just, like their offense has come to a standstill. And, yeah. you know, you could attribute it to a lot of different things. Uh, but most notably, it's that either Baker Mayfield is just plain hurt and it's just no good, or, you know, I think the Ravens specifically were like, Nick Chubb's not going to beat us in this game. And they had a lineman go down, Conklin again. Uh, pretty gnarly injury there. Dislocated his elbow or something was neat. I don't know. It was, it bad, was bad. I know those are two different things, but it was something where you can't return to the game. Yep. But uh, in terms of the Browns, I mean... I wish the Bears had played the this Browns team when I was in Cleveland. I'll tell you that. <laughs> this is a completely different Dude. mentality, different vibe. And I think injuries and uh, health is definitely a part of it. But it's also like a complete lack of execution offensively. Well, I mean, if you're looking at the Browns, I, I might argue that just a little bit. I, I agree with the injuries. I mean, Nick Chubb got hurt and then Kareem Hunt got hurt. Um, Chubb had COVID, but same type of, you know, you had something going on. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, there's, and look, that's, that's what I've been saying for two seasons now is you have been on the Baker sucks Hill. Yeah. hundred percent. You the charge. You delete those two guys off your offense. You're not doing anything. And that, that's, you'd mean hunt and Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. You delete those guys out of your offense Baker is not going to do it for you. No matter what receiver he had. If he had Odell, it still wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have mattered. They would have never done what... This is uh, the case for you, but I'm getting Browns fans coming to me now being like, all right, I'm starting to be off the Baker Mayfield train. And I think this is why. What we've talked about a bunch about the Browns, going back to last year in the playoff game, is you, when you're the quarterback of the team, regardless if you're the number one pick or whatever, when you have that starting role... And you want to be, you know, a top tier guy or get your team to where the Browns were expecting to be. Yeah. There is a, you know, there's an intangible that you have to have that the great ones have. And that is when the game is not necessarily on the line of the last drive, but with under five minutes to go and you're down, you have to have that guy lead the charge to score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. You yeah. have to have an offense that is led by a guy like that in order to be successful. In that Ravens game, I mean, how many chances did the Browns get to do something? Yeah. And they just kept punting them away, punting away, and I'm going, I mean... Four toner... Basically, you're saying you can't compete with the Ravens at this level because if Lamar Jackson can throw four picks and give you all these opportunities on the other side of the field and you can't do anything with it, I mean, that's a demoralizing factor in that team. Four picks, in my mind leads to four touchdowns or two touchdowns and a field goal. 
Yeah, that, I mean, you, you have to get points on turnovers. You have, 14, you have 14 points, maybe 17 points right there. Potentially the, 21 or 28. The worst was the Browns got a pick or fumble or something on the Ravens' like 25-yard line, and the very next play... Uh, they set up a screen to Hunt, who is wide open, and Mayfield like goes to throw it, loses the ball, lost about like twenty yards in the play. Now you're at a field goal range, and they had to end up punting on that drive. I mean, you're getting the ball in the other team's territory. You can't score. Now we're talking bear shit. That's no good. Yeah. So they're six and six. You know, trying to, you know, keep the hope alive. You would imagine. But that locker room has to be thinking, shit, man, I, I don't know if Baker can do Kareem this. Kareem Hunt's dad. He's talking shit to Baker <laughs> on Facebook. I mean, it <laughs> just... As a dad would, you know, yeah. cho- choose his Facebook. <laughs> it just goes to show in my mind that the Browns, I've been fucking saying it. Like, He's been, yeah. The Browns do not have an offense without Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are, um, I feel like they're a worse team this year than they were last year. Yeah, and what what also kills me too is... Look at how much. Look at how high the expectations for them mm-hmm. for them were at the beginning of the season. And that I think is probably the reason for their detriment. You know, going going to have those Super Bowl aspirations and then believing in that, and then not rising to it is, I hate to say it, but very Browns like. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to cover: Patriots play the Bills on Monday Night Football, which. I mean, I can't wait for that game. The I'm Patriots so excited. Are in an absolute roll. The game's in Buffalo too, which you know those fans are the Bills Mafia are going right. to be rowdy and ready to rip oh, because yeah. they. I'm kind of the part only of that. Thing the Bills mafia. want in life <laughs> is to beat the Patriots, no matter where they are, no yeah. matter who's playing quarterback. They've lost forever because Tom Brady was there. Um, they but just this lost is a their huge safety. game. Uh-huh. I mean, the Patriots are on an absolute tear right now because uh, number one, they've. Probably the best defense in the NFL, mm-hmm. which no one expected, and that's given. Well, I mean, they have the best in my mind. I think they have the best defensive coach. Defensive and, mind for sure. Yeah, and, and like the whole, it's just a very like defense first, and like give Mac Jones the opportunity to play the game instead of playing catch up. Which, if you do get the Patriots in that position, you're going to be in good shape because yes. you're not used to that. But that defense has been so on points, led to six straight wins, and you know the Bills are looking up at the division now. At the Patriots, so that's right. I mean, what do you do? You think the Bills can turn it around and kind of plant their flag in that division? Um, you know what? I, I'll be honest. After last weekend's play with the Bills, I don't think so. I don't. I can't remember who they played. They played the Saints Thanksgiving. There you go. I didn't think Josh Allen played that well. Um, I well, I mean, he. I mean, they scored points. I think the Saints with Trevor Simeon at quarterback is like, if you're an able-bodied NFL team, you probably win that game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I it don't wasn't know. Wasn't a true test to that. No, no, and, and to go to go against again the Patriots and the Saints are it's zero and to a hundred in my mind. I mean, it's just yeah, they're the competition level there. And again, you talked about the the Patriots defense. I think I completely agree with you. Their defense is stout and. I don't know. I I, I think. Sure I see, she just wants to talk. Um, <laughs> I think what's killing me is the fact that the Bills. I don't know. I just you know again. I've kind of called myself the bastardized Bill fan, so I've definitely been yes. following them this season <laughs> and last season, but this season a little bit more. And this, they've not been playing well. Right. And I you know agree. they just they just got their uh, like 
their safety, he just tore his ACL last game, um, it, or their corner. I don't remember his name. And then to go in against the Patriots, I think it's going to be tough. I think this is a huge, huge step for them. And I'll be honest, if this was the beginning of the season, it was Patriots and Bills, I'm taking Bills all day. Mm-hmm. But after how well the Patriots have just been playing, I'm taking the Patriots. And I hate to say yeah. that because I love the Bills. I, I mean... Yeah, I was just about to say, I, I feel like the Patriots, well, number one, momentum's a real thing, in, oh, especially yeah. in football, but in any sport. And they have that, and they have the acumen of, hey, we've won all these divisions with this head coach a million times. Like, they have to prove to us that they can beat us. Exactly. Bills are the new kid on the block. Patriots have been there a million times. Doesn't matter if Mac Jones is at quarterback. No. There's still dudes on that team who have won Super Bowls, multiple. And, uh, you know, they know what it takes to win the division, and... It's. I'm excited to watch that game, though. I mean, oh yeah. I'm... If Buffalo wins that game, changes the whole context of this conversation. Well, of Monday yeah. night and Thursday night. Games. I mean, it was it was close though. Like, like I want I'd good rather... games on those yeah. days. I want yeah. good games. Don't give me bullshit. Because <laughs> last night I got bullshit. And and furthermore, what more bullshit in the NFL is? And I I, I didn't get to talk to you about this, but what do you think of the whole Cam Newton going to the Panthers thing? And oh, then man. to get benched i mean i've been well i think if you're talking about just the pure signing of it i'm fine like i'm fine with the signing the panthers are just they're throwing darts at the wall going i mean is he gonna work is he gonna work and guess what nobody's working uh they have like darno he's hurt or something i just don't like i just don't like him Uh, yeah but i'm saying like as a if you're that franchise i mean i think it makes sense to bring him back in and you know the first game he actually played fine but he also also only played a lot a handful of plays or yeah. like 10 plays and maybe that's more of what he needs to do and kind of just be like a gadget like wildcat but an actual quarterback type okay. guy yeah, and i wouldn't that. hate that just based on how he played in the first game but we saw on the dolphins game i mean he came out the first drive and looked fine and he scored the rushing touchdown and i was like damn maybe he will be back that was not even close to what the reality no. is i mean i didn't watch the entirety of the dolphins panthers game I mean, sue me for see, not imagine, watching that game. See, imagine if that was a Thursday night game. You'd be like, fuck this thing. Exactly. Well, I'm glad it wasn't. No. But I saw, you know, he was like 5 for 21 with like 60 yards and his rating was 6.7. So I think that's all you need to know about where Cam Newton's at. I think he is, uh, it's time to about up in the NFL unless you're going to do what I said about like the gadget. and He's got a few plays here and he's a giant dude. He's a tight end. Yeah. That's what he is. So he's a tight end for the I, NFL, he, but he's not a every down QB. No. Probably a good voice to have in the locker room, just experience wise. But Abs- I disagree with you on that. <laughs> he is not the fucking guy you want in the locker but, room. But I mean, he's I, gonna wear a weird hat and he's gonna talk about yeah. his fashion, and I'm not gonna, I'm well, not gonna stand for it's it. It's not like to me. It's like it's not like the Panthers are going anywhere. Anyway. No, so no. I yeah. think if you're the Panthers guys making that decision, like that's it makes sense because at least he's. He has history with the franchise and had some great years there. But, I mean, in terms of a solution to the quarterback problem, it's no. No, I, I when I saw that, I, the first thing I said was the Panthers are fucking stupid. And, you know. They're no good anyway. They're, not, they're no good. I don't know why <laughs> I'm putting so much stock into it. I yeah. think my issue is, is, like, Cam Newton doesn't deserve to be back in the NFL. Because he's not good. Yeah, I think like give another I, guy I a shot. If it's if it's an every down quarterback, I'm totally with you. 
All yeah, the only bit I have is he can clearly still run from like ten yards in. So He's that's no a lineman, thing. That's a which thing is why I said just make him a tight end or like a QB sneak specialist. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's it though. That's the extent of his right. ability. Yeah, no, I, I, again, I just yeah. kind of wanted to get that. You know, it was a big like signing. Yeah. You know, which is which is always crazy in the NFL when you get a big name like that. But quick segue, of course. Yeah, segue city. Exactly, we're getting into get it. Get the fuck out of Cam Newton. <laughs> I just wanted to know cold. because yeah, no, it was no, fucking no, crazy. No, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, but you know, biggest uh, shit to hit the fan, if Sheesh. you will, in uh, football and college football was you know we'll just start with I'll name what happened and then we can talk about both. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. Is uh, Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC? Crazy. And, which is I mean lost for words, and then you have Brian Kelly to LSU, which again is kind of it's kind of an interesting kind of. Trade, and I don't want to call it a trade, but a transition, if you yeah. will. Um, yeah, you know, I think the most shocking part about it isn't that they left, but like the how fast it went. Yeah, it was like I saw it on social media for like an hour, and then it was like, all right, he's the head. Co- I'm talking both of them. He's that new head coach. It's like, well, damn. Yeah, he's just gone like that, huh? And you know, that's kind of how college football coaches transition, like when the season's done and you get to. You know, a lot of coaches are fired or they're leaving, like, during the bowl season. Mm-hmm. But as a Notre Dame fan, it was – I can't say it's, like, shocking because he's been there forever. I mean, he, he just became the winningest head coach in Notre Dame history uh, this year. Yeah, how many seasons so has he been? He's been there 12 years. Okay, so that's a go. pretty long time. And, I mean, yeah. he could have been there for as long as he wanted. I think for Brian Kelly, uh, he was not probably going to win the college football – playoff no. as a Notre Dame coach I think he got he got us to a very you know high point of Notre Dame football which I'm I very completely agree with you because when I was younger when we were younger growing up with the Charlie Weiss era I mean it was a mess like we're losing to Tulane Air Force I mean it was just like we're Notre Dame and we're losing to these teams yeah so Brian Kelly's brought us back up to like you know we're not necessarily uh, winning the title, but we're back to being you your know, respected football undefeated team. seasons. We're top ten. We're beating good teams who are in the top five. We beat Clemson last year. He was number one. Um, so he's brought that type of action. Respected in the NCAA. Yeah, he's That's brought Notre Dame back to that level. So I I can't be mad that he's moving on. And I think maybe money has something to do with it. I don't think it should. If you're a millionaire, it's like how much money do you really need? But I think joining the SEC in his head is going to get him a step closer to developing the team he wants to get to the college football playoff. And, you know, you're going against the top competition in college football. So if you can beat the Alabamas, Georgias, then you're going to have a better shot at winning the whole thing. I think the only thing he's missing, really. Yeah, and it's funny because when I saw that move, Brian Kelly to LSU, my first thought was very similar to what you thought was, hey – this guy just wants he's he wants to step up in his own competition yeah. with himself. Like this is a challenge. The the teams he's playing are fucking challenging and you know, LSU football is I mean it's just there's a higher I'm not I'm not knocking Notre Dame at all. It's a religion in the south. Yeah, and an it's SEC a higher team. caliber like fan base in a sense of like 
they I bleed the purple and yeah. gold. You yeah. know, I, I don't know if that's their exact colors, but it, it just <laughs> I think I think Brian Kelly making that shift shows one like, hey, I'm tipping my cap to Notre Dame. You guys have done exceptional under my belt, and I've you know, thank you for writing me out. You yeah. know, like hey, we've built this team together, and I'm leaving you with the pieces of like. This is what your team needs to be. Here yeah. it is. This is your baby. Which, as a huge Notre Dame fan like yourself, I mean, as if I was in your seat, I'm like, happy for the guy. Thank you for bringing my team yeah. to where it is. And now, Absolutely. like, him positioning himself into LSU, LSU has had a fucking, <laughs> good lord. I mean, their <laughs> their team is, I mean, their their season is in a, two grades before dog shit below dog shit i mean they're just they're not it and to have brian kelly come in i think for him it's like all right you know this is i'm now going to put my mark here and see how challenging it's going to be for me and to see how far i can go with this and it's just amazing i mean it's it's cool to see big names like that get moved around in college i mean you know it's just we'll end to the last point about notre dame the ad spoke about it today and you know, like, I'm listening to him, and he didn't seem, you know, like, scorned or, like, yeah. worried about it, really. Because, look, we're going to get the pick of the litter of... It's a Notre Dame football job, you know? Head coach of the football team. Yeah. So, hopefully, I want them to hire the defensive coordinator because he's a, like... That's what has really been the identity of Notre Dame. And he knows how things have gone under Kelly, yeah. which has been successful. So, I'd like to see him get that opportunity. But, uh, if not, I mean, I'm confident that... We're going to get somebody who's pretty well established in the either professional or college football market. Kind of like. There's going to be growing pains. Yeah. But I mean. Kind of like when we got Brian Kelly, though. Like, he came from Cincinnati, but he had coached forever Mm -hmm. and had had a history of building up teams. So I knew exactly what we were getting into. So, next era of Notre Dame football, we'll see if we can continue, you know, what we've built. And that's all I want is the top recruits and to be playing important football games. And be competitive. And, you know, play look moving forward to Lincoln Riley moving to USC that is a huge shift as well because I mean the Notre Dame USC rivalry is is massive but there's been waves of USC being really good Notre Dame being not so good and now Notre Dame's being really good and USC's not so good Lincoln Riley is going to bring USC right back to you know like top 10 level I don't know how long it's going to take but I mean the recruits he brought to Oklahoma are the top guys in the country. Oklahoma hasn't necessarily like done anything special except for being in the top 10 consistently. But I think once you start getting California players and people that want to play for USC because of the history there, it's going to be a pretty scary team going forward. I agree. I mean, the whole Lincoln-Riley shift, the first thing I thought of was, you know, and I always say this, because what's the first thing I think of when a guy got a big a big thing like this is dude he is now positioning USC to be an exceptional football team which I was talking about this with one of my buddies when all this was starting to really like come into it this weekend and I go you know in the beginning if I was in high school and I got a scholarship to USC or you know any of the top big schools I would not have gone to USC because their team has been in such disarray. Disarray is a great word for it. It's just like I don't, 
I don't want to go there because they're a shit show. Yeah. And I'm not... Don't know what I'm getting into, but... It no, and it's scary. It doesn't look good on... As for the result, anyway. No, and and if I have, which I had, aspirations to play in the NFL, is this team and this coaching staff going to get me there? Yes or no? No, they are not. With Lincoln Riley, I'm... I think I'm, the, yeah, the program's going to completely... Yeah. Flip. And, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw his... People said, like, this is his contract. Did you see that? I did not. So, again, this is not... There's no basis of, like factual evidence after this this was this was one single yeah this was one single twitter post on someone that works i think within usc's like organization and they said that his thing is like a hundred million dollars that they bought two of his houses in oklahoma (laughs) for like well over the asking price again i don't know if this is true or not they also had like he is getting a house purchased for him in L.A., a million-dollar home for him and his family. Yeah, probably more than that. And then he's also got <laughs> full access to USC's private jet 24-7. Whenever he wants it, he can go wherever he wants with his family. I mean, I hate to say it. I don't know if any of that's, I don't know if any of that's true, but for USC – for how shitty they are and how big their fan base is involved with their team, I totally believe all of that. Yeah. Like, oh, it's a very USC thing. Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. We want we'll you. Go extra. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll buy you... your houses and then we'll add another 500K on top of it and you keep them at the end of it. How I wonder how long it's going to take for USC to be back. But I got the feeling when he, when I saw that. It was. I don't know if it's going to be quite the level of the Reggie Bush Matt Leinart team, which mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Those yep. teams were. I mean, Reggie Bush in college is scary. A complete conversation of like maybe the greatest guy I've ever seen play college football. That guy was unbelievable. But like national championship level is going to come because, like you said, we're you're going to get the California guys who first of all, like a lot of them are from LA too that go elsewhere because USC is so bad right now and UCLA isn't that great. So once you start getting those dudes to buy into the program, like it's gonna be, it's gonna be similar to what those teams were. I think at least talent wise. Again, you got to put them in a, a program that makes sense, so you can build and build a culture of winning. It's I don't, not all about talent on the field. Otherwise, our Mesa football team would have been twelve and zero. But I don't know <laughs> if you saw any posts. From, Shout out to Mesa. There we go. I agree. <laughs> But if you saw any posts from, like, Lincoln Riley following his transfer over to USC, he was already out recruiting kids right when he got to California. Yeah. I mean... I'm not, I'm not surprised at that. I'm saying even if you had the top recruiting class this year, like, it's gonna, those are freshmen, though, coming in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. a couple of those guys are going to be freaks and they'll play. But, like, it's going to take a little bit of time to get those guys to be juniors and or sophomores or whatever and get to that level of, like you're a grown man now and like you understand the program and like all you guys have come up together and kind of weeding out this four and seven USC culture right now. So, so I think a couple years. That, that I literally, when you said like, <laughs> I think it's going to, I don't know how long it's going to take. The first thing I put up was four seasons. I think four seasons. I think a little less. And I'm, again, I'm thinking like, okay, you get whatever juniors and seniors, you get them the fuck out. You have sophomores that you're developing now that are going to be – got two years for them, a year maybe for them to 
get through the growing pain. And then you have your freshmen that you're bringing in. And as they're going up, you have those sophomores that were with the bullshit USC. Now they're juniors. And you're working that up. That's why, I mean, like I've said in the NFL, it's like three seasons will, for a new head coach, That gets you where you're okay. We're There's through a couple of a sample size to figure out what you're getting. Exactly. And we'll see how good of a coach Brian Kelly is and how good of a coach Lincoln Riley is because you're literally you're not starting from scratch. Like there's those are talented guys on those teams. There's pieces there. But you know, you're trying to morph your own identity onto a team that doesn't have that yet. So that'll be the challenge for them going forward. I think LSU is more of a question mark to me than USC going forward. But the way that Brian Kelly recruits and having an SEC school at his back, I mean, I think that team's going to come back too and potentially be a perennial SEC favorite as well. They find someone's listening to us out there. <laughs> Manfred's on our tail, man. And the Universal DH is back on the table, which I like. Look, nobody needs to see pitchers hit anymore. It was fun for the hundred years that it existed. Let's just like. Get the best guys out there and try to win some games. Baseball wants more runs on the table. Take this the pitch. This is how out. you do it. Get yes. the bat out of you, Darvish's hands. For God's sake. Oh God. And all the mistakes that Tingler made last year, pinch hitting pitchers. Like let's just, like we don't. Well, have to let's do that delete anymore. Tingler out of that. <laughs> let's just delete him. But so what has been nice though is since there's a lockout coming, uh, which should be tomorrow, the free agency has been. Just insane. Oh, God. Just... He- headlined by the Mets, and the Tigers actually just signed Baez to a big deal. Uh, Blue Jays and Mariners signing different pitchers that are, you know, top of the class. But, I mean, the Mets are spending as much money as you could humanly. And the Rangers, my God. The Rangers spent $500 million on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, middle I, infielders. So. I, I think, you know, just. I think I may have texted you earlier today. It's just, you know, baseball is, the mega deals are there, you know? Yeah. I mean, mean, the mega deals are there. I think baseball, you know, baseball had this, it's been growing to this. Let's Let's just put that out there. It's been growing to this. I mean, Alex Rodriguez is probably the biggest name for the mega deal Early yeah. on uh-huh. in baseball, you know, especially in our era. Yeah, I, that was the first person I thought of when all these contracts would come in. I was like, I remember when A-Rod got the like, $330 million deal, and I just thought that was the most absurd amount of money I've ever heard of. Yeah, and I, I think what's also... I have this weird thing with baseball is, you know, I'm all for buying i hate to say it but like buying a guy yeah for a lot of money and not having them there for that long you know mm-hmm. like hey we're gonna pay you because yeah. baseball is a young game as yeah. any sport is but we're gonna pay yeah. you 300 million dollars and we're gonna do it for five years six years whatever you need to keep it under 10 because you get into a situation where it's like alex rodriguez that guy was getting paid what was it, like eight seasons after he was done with yeah. baseball? I mean, as a team, you never want to be locked in like that for that long period of time. And then you're screwed. Like, okay, well, we're paying four guys that are on the beach in Hawaii right now drinking mimosas. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so 
when I see that, and it's given me this mindset of like, I love the mega deals in baseball because it's making baseball fun. And mm-hmm. like, who's got the most money? Where's money going? Is it going to work? Is it not going to yeah. work? And it all started with A-Rod's huge blow up in our era. Right. I mean, you know, you get older. It's like, oh, well, what about, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's great, you know, cool. Yeah, but... Yeah, no, I think and that's type of the the type of thing that'll be talked about when the lockout is going down, how these contracts are supposed to be structured. And that's why these guys wanted to sign now, because they didn't know what after things are agreed upon between the owners and the players union, like contracts could look much different than these mega deals, maybe. Yeah. Or they you know, it could tip the skills in one way or the and other. And there's also isn't it like a luxury tax or something like that, where like a t- if a team's making yeah over their so, but basically, like, there's a lot of change that's going to happen yeah. in the MLB. Um, and we're liking it. You know? No, I love it. <laughs> and I love that the Mets specifically, like, I'm not a Mets guy, but they just, they went all out and got a bunch of different guys. They pulled the Rams. by Max Scherzer, which I never thought that would happen because he was on the Nationals forever. But look, pro sports is like, you go where the money is and more power to you. That's what I said to you in the text. I go, this... Yeah, the, there's the, no... The, right, right. There's no... Gone is the day of being loyal to a team when loads of money are being right. thrown at you. Now, there are there are certain guys that have just gotten to a point later in their career where they've made a lot of money where they're saying, you know what, I'm going to stay here. I've yeah. made my money. I'll take a... I'll take a little bit of a cut so we have the opportunity. Those are the guys that you want on your team. But right now in baseball and in NFL, basketball, anywhere, yeah. it's like, hey, we're going to pay you $100 million. Oh, by the way, the Mets are offering you $300 million. Right. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to $300 <laughs> million. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the way that sports is. And, you know, look, that's human nature. Like, why wouldn't you go for the biggest... Thing. I mean, I would like a little more loyalty to because I mean the fan base is completely different. You know, oh, like yeah. you would never switch sides if you're a Mets fan to be a Yankee fan. Absolutely not. But players, you know, do that all the time. So you'd like to have a little more of that. You know, that's never. I don't think that's gonna happen just no. because. Look, they're they're expendable too. Like teams can trade them at a drop of a hat to the rival. Yeah, it's a completely this... different world when you're in it. And... But as the fans, you know. And who's to say, like, and I don't wish this on anyone, but, like, I think there's a lot of people that I I saw a couple posts where it's like, oh, yeah, you paid so much for Max Scherzer just for him to, like, blow his arm out and not pitch. I mean, I never want to wish an injury on anybody, but you're paying a lot of money with an exceptional amount of risk. I mean, in any sport. Right. In any sport. But with pitchers themselves, man, I mean, dude, there's – fucking throwing a baseball – yeah. 100 miles an hour in certain directions. It makes, yeah. Your body can't do well, that. Well, it's a whole different uh, bucket of worms. Well, yeah. <laughs> but the key part that we wanted to harp on is the Padres haven't done a thing yet. You know, it's not panic mode, like let's shit on the Padres time. But I'm a little, little surprised we haven't tried to add, you know, a reliever or two of that's noteworthy. In my perfect world, we get Stroman and or Castellanos. I think Castellanos is the missing piece. And you, you put in Castellanos where Fam was. I mean, that's... It's almost, uh, you know... It's a guy batting 330 and, you know, 120 RBIs versus Fam who's batting like 220. And, you know, 
It's just like it's you're a completely different our team player. Up. You're bringing yeah. our team up. So I think that type of move would make sense. I don't know what the Padres payroll looks like, but I mean, if we come back with nothing, let's say in this off season, I think that's a complete. We're going backwards now because that's the Padres of old. Like, oh no, we can't spend money now. It's like, look, you either go all in and you try to win this thing, or you don't. There's no half. We got a new head coach. Throw some money at him. Yeah, there's no. There's no halfway of this shit. Like, no. You have to go the... Like, we just were a 500, below 500 team. You have to change something. If we just go back to the same squad, like, yeah. are we just... We're not the we're not yeah. the athletics. We're not the A's. Right. We're not, like, we're not we're not balling on a budget right and now. And if you're Preller, you've created an identity of who we are. Like, we go out and we get shit done. Like, that's the identity that you've created... So continue with that. That doesn't mean you don't spend, get scared. Yeah, it doesn't mean you spend eight hundred million dollars. Like, I'm not saying that, but you got to do something. Like you have to be an active mind in what we were lacking last year. Yes, which was obviously relief pitching, and that's not like just go out and get guys that have performed well. Like you don't need the greatest no. arm, but if a guy is throwing, you know, he's giving up uh, one ten average versus lefties. Like why can't we go after that guy who isn't necessarily known about? But he has a specialty. Yeah. I that mean, type of thing. You don't always need the top guy. When there is a top guy that you can go get, like Castellanos, I at least want to be in the mix of conversation. Yes. And then talk to his agent. Hey, here are the couple teams yeah. that are part of that. Padres are a part of it. Right. Like, oh, that's fucking Why wouldn't great. you want to talk to him? It doesn't make s- And I haven't seen their name in the mix. Maybe they are. But if I'm on the front office side, I'm at least picking up the phone going, hey, we'd love to talk to him. Mm-hmm. What's the harm in that? Fuck. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And if we don't get them, you at least have the fan base that researches stuff to see if our names are out there. Like, And if it doesn't meet XYZ of what we can afford and whatever, then that's a completely different conversation. But to not have the conversation, bullshit. I think what's huge with us out of this whole thing with the Padres is we need to see moves being made. They don't need to be grand, but we just need to see the moves being made. To show, don't, don't get stagnant. To show that our team is moving in the right direction, we have been moving in the right direction for two seasons right. now. Keep this moment. This is where the train goes, bro. Right. And you know, Tingler was the fucking bump. So goddamn it. <laughs> Thanksgiving won our own personal experience, and then the Bears ruining the beginning of my day with a win, which is tough to do. That's right. But that's the miserable life of a Bears fan in 2021. It will change, it must change, and it shall change. When Matt Nagy is just... When Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are (laughs) left on the side of the road and said, look, you can't get back on the bus. No. You can't. We're we're done We've had it with you. So I'm looking forward to that. We dove in, you know, various different... You know, topics and thoughts we have about the current state of the NFL, different teams, what they are looking like. Um, You know, we're starting to get to the end of the year. Playoff pictures are forming, and there's still a lot of big games (sighs) to be had. It's so sad, the NFL's. I know. Each week, each Sunday when it ends, I get a little more sad. Oh, man. A little more aware of my surroundings of, Fuck. yeah, we're moving a little faster. God damn it. (laughs) And then moving on to college, uh, Lincoln Riley to USC, Brian Kelly, my guy from Notre Dame to LSU. Big moves. They're out. See you later, Oklahoma and so. Notre Dame. That's right. Good riddance. <laughs> uh, MLB free agency. I'm expecting the lockout 
to go down tomorrow officially. We'll see what type of changes MLB makes. Hopefully, Universal DH and expanded playoffs. It's crazy how often this happens. I mean, like, dude, yeah. there's so many go. Well, we're locking out again, yeah. boys. This seems more like a work stoppage than it is like a. And you know, we'll as the the conversations get deeper and deeper, we'll see how greedy each side becomes yeah, and how that's long a good, this that's goes. That's a good call. But I think it seems like there's obvious answers to the problem. Yeah, 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 of course. I agree with that. You'd think, anyway. And lastly, just wanted to touch on our alma mater, Cathedral, going for the state championship mm-hmm. at Orange Coast College versus Orange Lutheran. That's right. And look, One double A. When we go to the state championship, we win it. And that's just kind of the MO of our squad. We're not there to just show up and, oh, yeah, participation medal. No. We got a good team, and, look, if you can make it out there, I mean, that's legitimate football being played, and there's a lot of talent on that Cathedral roster. I think it's going to be a good game. I agree with you. But I think most L.A. teams underestimate San Diego teams for whatever reason. It's like we have a pretty solid program. I don't know if you guys know that, but I almost like it that way. Give us a little chip on the shoulder. And we're going to come up there and smash you right in the mouth. I mean, for the last six seasons, we've been consistently in the top 50 in the state of California. Yeah. I mean, it's just... and We're the real... Like, we can... We play with the best of them. I would say at least three of those seasons, we finished top 10 of the state. So, I mean, that's... That in itself is pretty... A huge, huge tip of the cap to Cathedral. And I say this all the time, is... The fruits and spoils that Cathedral's going through right now is off the back of everyone that's come before them. 100%. So this is that's a huge shout out to not only us as alumni, but also alumni before us. I mean, I tell kids all the time what you guys are getting right now and what you guys are how well you guys have been performing is off of the sweat and tears and blood of all the people that have come before you. So I, I mean it's just a huge compliment. I mean, I'm super you know, I, I can't I can't tell you how much I'm so proud of the team this year and yeah you know it's just it makes you feel good to see that your team is continuing to grow and move forward. I mean, for how and connected push the program forward exactly. I mean, we're talking. It's been ten years since we played, and the tradition of winning started, you know, with my brother's class really, and a little bit before that, like oh seven. Yep. And you know we've only I'd grown even since like a so, class, so that's like oh yeah. five. Yeah, and you know, like it's just cool that it continues to grow. And as far away as you go, like without seeing a game, or whatever, when you come back, like you said, you're home, and it's it's the best. It's the best thing of your part. That's right. Good luck to those cats. That's those right. are memories you'll have forever. We did not get to have the state game, but I'll take my forty-one-zero CIF ring. That's right. Any day of the week, Olympians suck it. <laughs> What do you got for the good people? Well, you know, hey, it was uh, exceptional. You know, of course, we had the hiatus because of Thanksgiving and uh, Mr. Peanuts' uh, turkey bowl, if you will. <laughs> uh, not the turkey trot. Don't get mistaken. No, no, it no, was the yeah. turkey bowl. I'm sprinting up there. That's right. But, um, you know, continue to interact with our page. Again, our Instagram page is underscore sports banter. We have our link tree on there to our blog. All of the areas where our podcast is pushed out to. So our main two listening points is apple podcast and spotify so those are going to be your main points for us but again we're everywhere we're anywhere and whatever you need we'll do (laughs) 
<laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but for episode 39, Sports Banter, out. out.